It's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldog Molinaroli. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Paulie G. Paul Grisadka with you again. We've got the full roundtable back on deck. Ryan MS, uh, glad to hear that uh, you're feeling better. How are you, mate? How are you, mate? Yeah, good. I've survived, which is which is more than I can say for how I was feeling last week. So let's, yeah, let's get it going. Andrew Molinaroli with us as well. Uh, Andrew, I guess, licking your wounds two weeks in a row, manly. Uh, copping another hiding. Yeah, hasn't been a, a good fort, fortnight for me, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's a weird feeling having Captain Smith um having that, that weird um feeling of your captain tearing your team a new one. So yeah, <laughs> weird feeling. But yeah, um, get on with it, I guess. I, I wonder. One of our loyal listeners out there, Glenn Lovett, was tweeting us on the weekend. He had the exact opposite situation to yours because he had Captain Gareth Widdop as a Knights supporter. Watched Widdop absolutely dud it out as Newcastle got a rare victory. And um, you know, meanwhile, his Supercoach teams, yeah, you know, up in flames. And yours is the exact opposite. Smith saving you round while your team goes down by forty. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, bittersweet. I, I don't know which one I'd rather, but yeah, <laughs> there was the, the silver lining at the end of the day with, um, you know, Smith going absolutely berserk. Well, speaking of dark clouds, Peter Heads, come on, I was just talking about that game, the Dragons. <laughs> it's a pretty costly loss, but uh, how are you going, coping regardless? Well, yeah, Newcastle's been the Dragons' second home over the years, always done well up there, and it's a, it's a great ground, one of the best in the comp, I reckon, but yeah, Saints were just... They just had no go forward, um, no structure. It was you know it was a bit like watching New South Wales. Really, it was just um, it just didn't just didn't work at all. And so yeah, we just didn't work well. We didn't. Oh, we had a couple of decisions go against us. Maybe the refs were incompetent, but you know at the end of the day, the Dragons' incompetence lost themselves the game. And, and Newcastle played well. Let's give Brownie some credit for the win too. All right, let's move on to the injuries for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Um, Pat sending through via email, so we'll list them through now, starting with Cameron Munster. He's out this week. Um, basically, he had a knee walker and his foot in a moon boot. There are fears that he could be out for a number of weeks, although we're hearing it's just a rolled ankle. Uh, mind you, Pat's saying, look, it must have been a decent sprain if they had him in a boot. He said, ankles are strange, though. His players seem to just play on them if the game is important enough. Maybe he'll have a week off just to be sure it's right. Now, he's written that before the teams um, were named. And sure enough, he is having this week off, not in the 21 at all. But probably just um, you're just going to have to wear that at this stage of the year and, and hope you know he's back next week, back to full fitness. Sam Burgess, well, he's continuing um, to battle with a rib injury. Um, South's already out of finals contention and only playing 44 minutes this this week uh, before succumbing to the pain of torn rib cartilage. Basically, Coach Michael Maguire saying the club's medical staff would assess the injury each week, but Burgess did want to continue playing to help the battling bunnies. Uh, the quote was, Sam's obviously been around a long time. He knows what he needs to do. So when Sam says he's right, he's right. He probably shouldn't have played tonight. This is after the loss to the Raiders on the weekend. But, you know, he put his hand up for this club. And Pat, well, he says that it is. Pat does. Tough, tough bugger. He'll probably play, ju- uh, just play despite the pain. Look, there's some risk, I guess, involved with this, Ryan. I know we're going to talk about it a bit later in the show, but 
this rib injury is, is a concern, particularly considering Souths have nothing to play for now but pride. Yeah, it is. There is always going to be that something in the back of your mind when if you're picking him or even watching him, if you picked him and watching him play, because, it, you know, it, he could get through the whole game and he's sweet and he'll get your points just through the work that he does. But, yeah, he could get a, you know, could get a shot on it and then, it, you know, flares up and then, you know, um, it's pretty excruciating, uh, the pain there. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one, a tough selection to think about this week. A couple of players that um, have been, um, well, I guess in the news injury-wise is Adam Reynolds. He, he copped a pretty um, uh, high hit by Josh Hodgson um, on the weekend, but he's been named and he's saying he's all good, ready to go. And Dan, Dylan Walker was in a moon boot, um, speaking of moon boots earlier, um, limping around a, after the game against Melbourne. Apparently, he'd been rested from training after sustaining some bone bruising and swelling to his foot and ankle after being accidentally stood on. Pat just saying, um, as far as Walker's concerned, it's, if it's nothing more than a bruise from being stood on, he should be okay for this week. And Reynolds, it says, he said, it sounds like he's going to play no dramas. Two guys we don't need the uh, Pat's assistance with, unfortunately for them, Bodine Thompson, pectoral injury out for the season, and Andrew McCulloch, Pete, uh, a torn ACL and MCL after Adam Blair um, ran into him. And this is just tragedy for a guy basically looking like he was going to be up there with Cameron Smith as the best hookers to own for the run home. Absolutely, yeah. We talked about McCulloch a little bit on the show last week and we're looking, you know, we've seen it's been a bad year for hookers, but McCulloch has been a, a bit of a shining light there in his own form. He's just really starting to come good super coach wise. He makes a million tackles a game and you know, he's put together a few tries with some short kicks out of dummy half. He's done, he can do it on 40-20 occasionally. And, yeah, it was very sad for a, a genuine supporter, a super coach supporter, to see him go off last week um, against Paramount and particularly friendly fire against Blair. It was just one of those unfortunate accidents. So I think it's going to put a, a real knife into the heart of the Broncos' run home, actually. So just watch out the impact on other Broncos players. Yeah, they've made an interesting change to the team with McCulloch out. We'll talk about that when we get to the team changes shortly. Uh, that is the injury report for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Of course, you can visit Pat if you live in the Sydney region. Give him a call 02 9665 or, uh, or visit our website for a 20% discount uh, on your first visit, www.supercoachpros.com. Well recommended, not just if you get a, a sprain or, or a sporting injury, but back and neck issues, you know, if you wake up or go visit him, he'll um, get you checked out. We haven't heard as much of him in the last, um, well, few months now. He's doing a lot of work, basically, um, working into the evenings, so very um, friendly um, hours for you to go visit him as well. And like I said, could you bear health and injury care? Visit our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Click on the link and get that discount, 20% discount off your first visit. Let's move on to what we learn now. And where we, Andrew, um, teased it earlier. Cameron Smith, 143 points, dominating the round. I think basically you all own him um, and he's a, captain, a viable captain each and every week. Um, a big gap to second, but still a good score. Jared Croker with 115 Andrew, Raiders, the shackles are off a little bit. They took care of business against Souths. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a few more uh, victories yet and, and round off the season, uh, you know, on a high. Does this make Jared Croker, who's under 300,000, um, a guy worth looking at? 
it's weird seeing him at that price, isn't it? Because he's been, you know, up there with the leading point scorers for the past couple of years now. Um, I'm still, I mean, everyone knows I'm a big Raiders fan, um, super coach wise, but they just haven't brought it this year. But like you said, I think um, with the pressure being essentially off them now, I think they can, you know, start loosening up a little bit. And um, yeah, I, I, I do think, I, I think Leilua is probably. You want to move on from him. I think Rapana's still got a lot to offer, and and Croker is at, at the really good price. So yeah, I think, I mean, depending on how many trades you got left, and people are probably jumping off Canberra at the moment, uh, just purely because they don't think um, they haven't been performing this year. But yeah, like I said, a couple of those outside backs still, I think, have a bit to offer. It's funny with some teams because you see guys like uh, teams like Souths and the Titans, they're sort of fading away. The Warriors is another one. Um, and then you look at teams that can surge home, and I think teams like the, the Tigers, you know, we're seeing some good super coach options there, the way they've been playing the last little bit. And, and we do see it each year where players come from near the... Um, teams come from the bottom most of the year and then come good. And then we see teams that have been OK during the year but then really fade away. I don't think um, the Raiders are going to fade away. In fact, I think playing without that pressure of, of, of people don't now don't think they can make the eight. They're a definite outsider. Um, but mathematically, obviously, there's still a chance, and I think that that can play into their favour. They play the Sharks this weekend got a, uh, in Cronulla, and they've got a great record at Cronulla. And um, any time the Raiders win and put up you know 20-plus points, Jared Croker is, is a big part of that with his goal-kicking in particular, and I just think it could be good value. Um, some other big um, three-figure scores on the weekend. Mitchell Moses, 110. He really dominated um, for the Eels over the Broncos. For Brisbane, there was one shining light. I know, Pete, you're a big fan. Matt Gillette, 108. And he's quietly amassed a very competent Supercoach season. Yeah, no, he's. I've been talking about him before, as you mentioned. And he's, he's just absolutely... He's fantastic. He's like, he, he just goes and goes and goes. He's might have picked up a few super coach tips from Corey Parker before Parker retired. I'm not sure because he used to be the, the top the top one on, on super coach, particularly as a Bronco. But uh, yeah, Gillette has, has been fantastic. You know, he scored a good try the other night against um, against Parramatta. He's, he's always backing up there, makes a stack of tackles, and he, he's an 80 minute player. And that's what you're looking for. And you know, I watched a lot of the Broncos games this year. Let's face it, we all have because they're on Channel Nine just about every Friday night. But uh, he, he, he's been going exceptionally well um, through the origin period. Um, you know, there wasn't too much rest time for him there, and he, he's, he's been awesome. And so, um, despite I think the Broncos are going to hit the skids a bit now without colour, but I think he'll be one player you can rely on there for sure. Paul Vaughan, 103, rounding out that top five. Ryan, another guy, even though the Dragons... There's probably some question marks now on their efforts to, to get there to the, to the top eight after starting that year so well. But, I, but I'd imagine Paul Vaughan is one player that's going to continue to, to rate highly as, as we um, see these final games play out. Yeah, absolutely. Look, he's um, he's been very good all year. Um, he had an unfortunate um, run of injury just uh, for a couple of weeks through uh, through the middle there, um, which kind of stalled him a little bit, but he seems to be back on track now. And, um, yeah, he's going going pretty pretty damn well. Uh, his uh, last three, his three-round average is 82 at the moment, so he's really um, he's really upped his output um, super coach-wise. And that's showing on the field. Um, he's, yeah, he's one of the Dragons' best, even in an um, effort like that on the weekend. For mine, he is a real top-level 
trade-in target um, basically from now on to the end of the year. Some other good scores on the on the round. Kirisoma Alvar taking advantage of Moses' big day, scoring a couple of tries, getting to 99. Siosua Takia at his best output of the year, 93. James Sedesco is back at the moment, 91 points. I think he's going to continue to shine in these final few weeks. And Nathan Brown, I mean, you could just put the captaincy lock on him at the moment, 90 points, very very fine. Should also, a couple of honourable mentions, Joe Tarpany out in the left edge, 88. It was a great matchup against Souths. He didn't disappoint. Hopefully he got in there with Moneyball. Um, and Aaron Woods also, 88. Um, he's playing well. And speaking of, of trading targets, he's a good point of difference because he's putting up some high numbers. He looks like he really wants to finish the season on a high and his career with the Tigers on a high. All right, our special topic for this round is nafties. We wanted to talk about it last week, but all the injuries and, and whatnot pushed it back a week. Uh, you, some of you have probably already started bringing them in, but there's still some good names to know. And, and we, what we did, we looked at the draw, and, and I guess for some of you out there wondering, well, what's the go with nafties? How does it work? Basically, you're picking guys that aren't going to play to fill out your 25-man roster. There's a couple of reasons for this. You... You know, you can save money doing a dual trade uh, for the week by getting a really cheap guy, and then you can do the vice-captain loophole and not cop a low auto-emergency by picking a guy who's not going to be playing um, in these final rounds and not going to therefore get, you know, a middling or even worse, a low score uh, for you. Ideally, looking at dual position players because you might need to switch things up a bit as injuries can take hold of your lineup and you're going short or even run out of trades. And you're also looking at players playing late in the round because if you do need to activate one of them as a fill-in captain who's going to score zero to give your vice-captain that double um, double points, um, you obviously need them playing after your vice-captain played. Um, it's interesting, your team, Andrew Manley, have got the great draw, uh, the greatest draw for this. They've got their next four games on a Sunday and then just the Saturday night to, to round out um, the regular competition. Basically, anyone from Manly is a good nufty, but in particular, Tom Wright as the only dual position player um, there who hasn't played at 122.600. He leads our list as a halfback in 5 8. Yeah, I'll just call us the Brisbane of the Sundays, <laughs> Manly. Um, yeah, good options. Um, I mean, there's another, uh, our new signing, Paseca. He's a front row. He's not really a, uh, he's not a dual player, but I mean, there's an option there if you want, but. Like you said, you really want want to get someone with the dual position here, and then Tom Wright uh, fits the bill perfectly. The Panthers aren't too far behind Manly with three Sunday games and two Saturday games. Um, Jed Cartwright, a dual position player, look, he has had a he has dalliance with the twenty one a couple of times, so I guess you know an injury sort of crisis could could propel him somewhere near um, the seventeen. So there is a, some risk there, but it, but there's a long way back. Dean Farray's been named in the 21 the last two weeks. He's ahead of Cartwright, obviously, and so is you know, everyone in the in the starting lineup at the moment. So there's still enough to say that you know that could be a good bring in playing centre and winger and and second rower because that's a key position to be able to 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 move around your nufties. Um, another halfback hooker, uh, another halfback but a hooker is Liam Coleman and, and Zach Docker Clay. They've got two of them. Penrith probably not the ideal dual position player that you want because there's not a lot of alternatives that play those two positions, um, but they are there if you needed. And Samisoni Lange is a five-eight second row. I guess there's a couple of players out there like that. Uh, if you owned one of those, like a Bryce Cartwright, then Samisoni Lange could be a good alternative as well. 
Um, the next best teams have only got single position players, the Tigers, the Warriors and the Raiders. Um, even though they've got good draws, we have to sort of go down to the Sharks, Britton Nakora and Jack Williams. So if, if you want to double up on centre and winger, second rowers, or you don't, if you're just a little bit too scared about Jed Cartwright, those two, um, Nakora and Williams, are the way to go. Particularly Nakora, he's never been named in the 21, whereas Williams, I think, in one of the Origin weeks, did get named in the 21. Um, Storm and the Gold Coast, well, we're starting to get a bit deeper now, but if you're still looking at other options... Um, Alex Brimson, halfback and fullback, and Scott Drinkwater, water, halfback and 5 eighths are there. Um, the other guy is Tui Kami Kamika. I know he's played a couple of games, but one of the rare second row front rowers at the base price that you could pick up in this list. So you're probably taking the risk. Andrew, I know we spoke earlier about the fact um, that the Storm, yes, they've got those, he's played those two games, but that was around the origin time, and now they're looking pretty good, Melbourne, and he's probably a long way lower on the list. Yeah, and they've got a fair bit of depth with uh, Jordan McLean coming back. They've brought um, Nate Miles over. So I think it's probably a pretty safe option that he's not going to play again this year. And yeah, Melbourne are pretty um, yeah, pretty set in their ways. They'll have a plan, and yeah, he won't play again this year. And Pete the Dragons, Josh Kerr, front rower, second row, and Sean Nona, 5th halfback, nowhere near the first grade lineup. even though the Dragons don't have quite as um, late games as some of these other teams, those guys are pretty good options and safe options in regards to not going to be playing first grade this year. Well, particularly Sean Nona, I think he's actually headed overseas already. So, um, yeah, he's a very, uh, I would suggest a very strong chance that he won't play first grade this year. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's certainly a couple there that, um, you know, they talked about showing promise, but yeah, it hasn't quite um, gone on and said dual position's the way to go. So, um, yeah, have a look at them. Hopefully that's going to help you out. Obviously, you know, you've got a, only a couple of trades there looking to nufty out. Those guys are definitely the, the main targets, pretty much in order as we've um, read them out. Let's move on to the teams now. Um, Canterbury v. the Eels. Brett Morris is back for Kerrod Holland. who goes back to the 21. The Eels are unchanged. Uh, Will Smith was a late um, a mission last week. He's still in the 21. Uh, looks like Cameron King's going to play 80 minutes. St. George v. Souths, um, another team 1-17 to are the Dragons. Despite the loss, Zane Musgrove comes back for Dave Tyrrell for South Sydney. North Queensland v. The Storm. Sean Fenson back for Braden Newelli. Uh, Melbourne, a number of changes with that Munster out and Slater back at fullback. Riley Jacks named again at 5-8. He didn't play last week with Munster playing there and Hughes at fullback. Hughes is in the 21 again but probably this time he will miss out with Jack's preferred half option, as we've seen earlier in the year. Um, Tim Glasby has been named at prop with Asafa Salomona on the bench. Don't be surprised if that switches around again. Slade Griffin still on the bench to cover Cameron Smith, but he also can play uh, on the edge. So it could, he could just as easily fill in for Joe Stimson there, who's um, been getting those extra minutes with Tohu Harris out. Um, the Knights feed the Warriors. Uh, Newcastle, after their good win, 1-17. to Isaiah Papale is in for the injured Bodine Thompson. Um, we're probably figuring, Ryan, that even though Papale's been named on the right edge or in, in the second row position, Simon Mannering is going to play there, uh, as we've seen him do in the past. And this really would affect his upside um, because he's much uh, more productive in the middle. Yeah, well, uh, that is correct. Um, and it's going to be tough uh, going against... Um, look, I know the Knights do give up points, but uh, lately their forward pack's been um, 
been pretty good and uh, it's pretty tough um, for opposition um, forwards. Uh, Mannering, however, maybe maybe the guy to shake that up because um, he's been going so well. But yeah, um, certainly not in his preferred position, super coach wise. Yeah, and we've got to be really cautious of that. I mean, named at 13, we think everything should be sweet, but everything we've seen from Papa Ali uh, in those, well, and he had the one game, but earlier on and in the um, nines would suggest that he's more of a middle third player. So I'd be very shocked if Mannering isn't go, go out on the right edge. As we've seen Elijah Taylor for a few weeks there, playing, wearing 13, playing on the right edge and then going to number 12. I would imagine Mannering will do the same thing. This is a concern. If you're a Simon Mannering owner, you're basically giving up 20 to 30 points a week if he's playing on the edge as opposed to in the middle. Um, the, the Titans v the Broncos. Well, Gold Coast are going to go back to Jared Hayne at fullback. Not that it was that successful in the second half against the Tigers. Tyrone Roberts has been dropped to the bench. John Olive has been named at right centre. Um, there's still some doubts whether he'll end up taking the field there, whether Will Zillman will move there and, and, and um, Philip Sammy gets a chance on the wing. Sammy has been named in the 21. That remains to be seen. Kevin Proctor does return on the right edge. So Morgan Boyle also goes to the interchange. Nathan Petaru is also being omitted to the 21 and Kane Lawton's out altogether. Uh, we mentioned Andrew McCulloch's injury earlier. He's out along with Jonas Pearson, David Mead back on the wing. Katie Nikarima comes into the starting lineup, but not at hooker, at halfback. Ben Hunt's going to deputise at dummy half. Benji Marshall's still on the bench. We expect a 60-60-40 split. That's how we're doing Have uh, We've ranked it on the app. Um, Nick Arima um, to start the game in the in, at halfback. Ben Hunt started hooker. Nick Arima to move into hooker when Benji Marshall comes on. Ben Hunt to get a spell and then Ben Hunt to take over from Cody Nick Arima at the end of the game is how we think it will play out. Corey Oates and Tom Opacic have both been named as reserves, so it would be interesting to see if maybe... Probably Oates over Mead would be the most likely scenario if Oates is past fit. The Sharks feed the Raiders. Will they? Uh, the Sharks welcome back Jack Bird in the centres. So Kurt Capel goes to the bench. Adam Clydesdale as a reserve. Um, that would suggest Sigiara would get 80. We thought that last week it didn't end up occurring with the late change. Andrew, I guess a bit of risk that, that could happen again as a, just before kickoff. Yeah, but I mean. You're probably not on Seguiara now this late in the year anyway. I mean, he's he's probably worth a look at for next year because, you know, just his pure his history as being one of the top super coach hookers um, a couple of years back. But, yeah, I, I think, like I said, uh, you're probably not looking at him, um, especially if you, you've only got, you know, a handful of trades left uh, with, you know, one round to go in the regular season. So in super coach, that is, um, yeah, you're probably not even looking at him. But... Yeah, maybe worth looking at for, for next year if, he's, uh, if he upped his minutes. The Raiders get back Jordan Rapana and Josh Papali, two big ins. Luke Bateman has been named at lock with Josh Hodgson at hooker. Kurt Baptiste goes to the interchange. We expect this would change Bateman to the bench. Baptiste to start at dummy half. Josh Hodgson to be a middle third. Joseph Tarpany, the impressive Tarpany, back to the bench. Michael Oldfield, Jeff Lehman named as reserves. Manly v. The Roosters. Sean Lane been named at right edge with Brown on the bench. We saw them swap last week without much success. Brad Parker, Lloyd Perrett also joined the bench with Aidan Fenua Blacks. Uh, Blake suspended. Cameron Cullen has been named as a reserve. The Roosters are 1-17, to but don't be surprised if Jake Friend is a late inclusion. He has been named in the 21. And finally, the Panthers v. The Tigers. Moses Leota been named at lock. Uh, with Campbell Gillard named at prop. We expect probably 
both of them could end up on the bench with Tim Brown um, named on the, on the interchange with James Fisher Harris, but they could easily both start. There is no Leilani Latu, and Matt Moylan's been named as a reserve, so he could possibly come in for Tyrone May. Interesting there, Pete, we saw Cleary's been playing on the right since Moylan came in and at um, into the halves, but with no Moylan on, the, on Thursday night, Cleary playing on the left, giving more opportunities to the likes of of Peachy and Mansoor, who have been pretty average of late. And not that they were great on Thursday, but certainly with Cleary um, alongside them, there's more upside there. Absolutely. They did look at... You're right that they, both Mansoor and Peachy did get a bit more opportunity um, the other night against the Bulldogs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's, as you say, it's important to keep an eye uh, with Matt Moylan, um, whether he comes in and the impact that that has on Cleary and the, and the Penrith outside backs on positioning of left and right because uh, Moylan's injury is a tricky one and it's basically week to week. He seems to be in one week and out the next sort of thing. So it's an important one to keep an eye on if you've still got uh, blokes like Peachy or uh, Mansour in your team. And, of course, Cleary's just been going gangbusters. And the West Tigers are 1-17. to 17. Let's look at the big names now for round 22. Anthony Milford leads the way. We've seen both left and right halves against the Titans going well. Lola here was the latest on um, Sunday afternoon. So Milford, the big uptick, the only one um, predicted to get over 100 this round. Um, Matt Dufty's still up there after his first big game. Look, to be fair, he almost broke it a few times. He dropped the ball with the line wide open as well. It could have been a much bigger day for him against the Rabbitohs, who are pretty, looking pretty average right now. He could easily crack it for a big one. Um, we just mentioned that guy, Tyrone Peachy. Um, Andrew, I know you've been a bit stung um, from him already this year, but against the Tigers, predicted to score 90, um, particularly if Cleary's the one in, inside. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean... You're right, I have been stung by him this year, but a couple of times actually. But anyway, um, uh, uh, I think, um, yeah, against the Tigers and the way that the, the Panthers are playing, um, he's worth a look. You know, not 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 a slide on the Tigers. They've been actually playing pretty well the past couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, their outside backs are a bit dodgy um, on the goal on defence. And, you know, Peachy can... He's the type of player that could cash in. I mean, last week he scored 52. That's not a bad score, um, but by his standards, he could do much better. Yeah, I mean, ESAN Masters has improved things there, as has the fact Mitchell Moses is no longer defending the right edge. But David Nofaluma still has a tendency to come in um, too far on his wing and often gets found out. So the Peachy to Mansour ball could be on. Um, Cameron Smith, I mean, of course, he's right up there. Um, Tim Laffey, another Dragons player to get an uptick this round. Matt Gillette, well, we've seen right edge um, forwards do very well against the Titans, and he's very consistent already as it is. Tommy Jabrovich was a bit below par against the Storm, which was expected against the Roosters. He should uh, shine. And one for your daily leagues is Bryce and Goodwin. We've said it all year, left wingers against the Dragons have been cashing in. And uh, Goodwin's actually been in pretty good form as well. Um, others up there, if you're willing to take the chance, Gareth Widdop, Mitchell Pearce, uh, and then some safer options and the likes of Paul Gallen. And um, a couple of Warriors players against the Knights. But I guess, Ryan, with Newcastle, um, that's two of Arshashek and Simon Mannering, but we talked about Mannering already, and two of Arshashek has been very disappointed, disappointing um, for most of the year. And... 
it's a bit of a worry because the Knights have been improving and, and maybe the predictor's out on this one. Yeah, look, it's a tough one and I certainly wouldn't be banking on RTS having a big game against against the Knights, um, you know, because there's no Sean Johnson either to, um, you know, for that other for that other point of attack or to, you know, you know to give RTS a space that it that he would enjoy otherwise. Um, it's a tough call. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those games where you're not surprised if he knocks up a triple figure score or if he ends up, you know, a mid-range 60 or something like that. Others to look at include Curtis Scott, Wade Graham, Sean Lane, Jake Friend if he plays, um, Corey Herrera nearer as long as his minutes stay true, uh, Luke Keary, Jason Tomalolo and the returning Jordan Rapana. And all that, of course, is done for the app um, and the predictor that's found within the app there. You can go to our website, www.supercoachpros.com and follow the links there on Google or Apple. Um, done again, Andrew, Saturday night, um, using it for Moneyball, coming up victors with a $250 first place. Uh, pretty much week in, week out between Ryan and I, somebody's um, getting the the main prize or second prize um, on, on one of the competitions and, and really all thanks to the app. It's almost not fair, boys. <laughs> you need to, um, it's going to be a good end of uh, season trip, mate. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's right. I mean, you guys are bankrolling it, thank Christ. Um, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, th- thanks to the uh, the predictor, you guys are, yeah, rolling in it. And, um, yeah, I think uh, Pete and I are going to... Uh, uh, get a few shouts off you guys. It's it's yeah been working very well. Um, I mean you got to use your common sense with it when it when um when it comes to you know um, big scores or stuff like that. But yeah, um, you explained it to me today. It, it, it's um yeah really handy to have when you're um trying to trying to toss up between a couple of players that you, you you're not too sure about. And um yeah, it really makes a decision a bit easier. No doubt you're playing those money ball games and you're looking at a couple of different scenarios, enter a couple of teams. I know um, Andrew and I were pretty keen on the Raiders to win big this week um, and looking at those best, the heaviest hitters, the likes of Croker, Kotrick, White and all having good um, positive matchups. You can look at your H value and your, and your value. You don't have to just look at who's, who's best um, because you can get some good ideas off that as well. Craft a team around that. Joseph Tarpany, I think, was in all my teams um, based upon the predictor. Um, a big upgrade for him playing 80 minutes on the left edge against a team, South City, that have been pretty porous to edge runners all year. And um, things like that can really make a big difference um, when you're doing not just money ball, a super coach as well, but definitely if you're just looking to make your money back for playing or for, for buying the app and, and, and using it for your super coach, then yeah. Chuck a couple of teams in Moneyball, see how you go. And, of course, you can find the app via our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Follow the links there for Apple or Android. Let's move on to the tweets and Facebook messages now. Um, Glenn Lovett asks, with the Sergis rib injury and concerns over his minutes, your thoughts on bringing in Eisenhuth and then Slater for RTS? Uh, Pete, I'll start with you. You've followed um, Souths quite a bit in the last month or so with the recaps. <laughs> it does seem like Sam Burgess has been finding it harder and harder to to put his natural output out there. Absolutely, like they had a gun game against um, Penrith about five weeks ago, and he's and that was when Alec Johnston scored his five tries, 
Um, Burgess did extremely well that day. He has been very, very good all season, but yeah, it's, it is starting to drop off a little bit. And with the injury, um, he played uh, last week, and he, I think he said himself that he probably shouldn't have against Canberra. Um, and this is for a team that's that's not in contention for the eight, and you, he's he's trying to aim up like they are in the eight, which you know you've got to give credit to him for that. But from a super coach point of view, like he's been so good for for my team all year, I think it's time to. to let him go, unfortunately, because you don't know what minutes you're going to get out of him this week. Um, we talk about someone like Gillett, you, know, you talk about these other players that play 80 and are consistent, and that's what Burgess has been like. But now it's not happening, and you can think, well, if he doesn't play the full 80 against the Dragons this week, how much is he going to play? And, you know, whether there might be a decision then to go for early surgery. Remember, he's got he's British. He's got the, the World Cup at the end of this year. Um, so his mind... Or his body might be a little bit thinking about that as well in terms of any, uh, you know, if he gets the worsening of this rib cartilage, I, I think it's time to let him go. Unfortunately, he's been a great and faithful servant this year, but yeah, he's time. I think it's time for him to go. I think there's better options. Yeah, I think I'll throw this question around the full round table because I just want to throw in um, under the radar asking how many minutes are we expecting Burgess to play? Maybe he will drop off altogether, as Pete's saying this could happen. I think I'm better off playing Eisenhuth. Now, the one thing I'd say, Ryan, in regards to Glenn's question, which is very similar, he's saying bringing in Eisenhuth. I'm wondering if you've missed the boat with Eisenhuth if you hadn't traded him earlier. I definitely think playing him this round is not definite, but you could you could raise that question over Sam Burgess. Even Simon Mannering, I'm tossing up between one of those three who's going to play for me. Um, but bringing in Eisenhuth, is that a bit riskier? Is it better to still keep Burgess on your bench or do you think if, you, if you're worried about him in your 17 he's better off not even in your line? Yeah, that's, look, it's a big question. Um, if he's not, if you're worried about him not lasting the game and not giving you the points that you expect from him, um, then I'd probably say, and this is all provided that you have enough trades if you've got one or two trades, then there's no point, really, I believe. But if you've got an, if you've got a few yeah, up your sleeve and you're thinking, yeah, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of changing here, it's not the worst option. However, uh, Burgess lasted 40-odd minutes last week um, before succumbing, and he ended up with um, around that same amount of points. Um, Eisenhuth, his last two games, he's played... He's played 60, 65 uh, minutes on average um, and got um, 60s and about 60-point scores. So it's good nearly going a point a minute. So, look, he's an option, but um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a real risk. Um, I, I guess I'd be doing that if I needed a big point of difference. If the other guy's playing Burgess and you're not too keen... Um, this time of year, this could be this could be a chance to jump all over um, on a head-to-head game. I'd probably be more inclined to Nufty if you don't already own Eisenhuth. What about the other part of his question, Andrew Slater for RTS? Is that why he's trying to make this manoeuvre? Eisenhuth might um, get a similar value to Sam Burgess at a cheaper price, and then he can own Slater. Yeah, I mean that that does make sense. Oh. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you because I just can't. I can't bring myself to selling 
or getting rid of Sam Burgess. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I just can't. I mean, I, th- I think um, Michael Maguire's job's on the line here, so I, I think he's going to play him. So, you know, South Sydney are a proud club, so that, that you know, Sam Burgess is a proud guy. So I, I just, I, I know he's playing busted, and he's probably not going to get the the minutes and, and Ryan's right, you know, if he if he cops a knock in the wrong way it's gonna hurt. But I just I just can't see I just can't bring myself to, to selling Burgess. So yeah, I'm a bit of a disagreement here. What about the actual game itself? I mean looking at game script, the Dragons, you know, a costly up upset loss last week. Everything to play for, but is there any way Souths come out and turn things around and Burgess is part of that or do you think that the Dragons come back and end up Winning this one pretty comfortably. Well, after last week, I mean, I mean, they put fifty on Manly, and then they lost to Newcastle. So, mm. I mean, Pete's been watching them a bit close, more closely than I. So, <laughs> and but I guess he's watching them with rose-coloured glasses. But sometimes um, one eye shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we all? Um, no, I, I, I could see it going anyway, any, any way, but. It's yeah, it's all up to Burgess though. I, like he seems to be the only one putting in for South. Um, and Crichton, it's probably yeah, I, yeah, him and Crichton. Like they don't, yeah, those two guys are leading the way. So if they are to win, it's going to come off the back of Burgess and Crichton. And you know, I, I really think that um, yeah, Madge is going to push them to the absolute limit until the end of the year. All right, and let's look at the minutes um, that Sam Burgess is likely to get. Um, 44 last week. Look, that was mainly due to the injury. I think with the rib injury, you're probably keeping him out there, um, hoping that the needle just, you know, gets him through the game. I think once he goes off, it's, it's going to be really hard for him to come back on to the field. So um, probably haven't nailed that answer. I think if you own Eisenhuth, he's definitely a consideration. Not sure if dropping Sam Burgess altogether, but is the way to go. Um, Ebenezer Rascals asks, what's going on with Tahu Harris? Look, to be honest, we don't have a lot of information. He's not being named um, in the 21 anywhere. We know it's an ongoing shoulder injury. He's leaving for the Warriors next year. There's probably not a lot of incentive for Craig Bellamy to play him at this point. Um, with everything that's been going well for the Storm, how well they've been going, and the fact Harris won't be around in future years. Um, my other concern, Ryan, is that even if he does come back, Joe Simpson's been pretty good, and Curtis Scott's, you know, he's had some big games, but it could just be as likely that Harris comes back in the centres as he does in the back row. Yeah, who knows um, what that situation's going to... how that's going to play out. I think if Melbourne have the guys to cover I'm not sure he gets a he gets a look in to be honest from here on out uh, they you know they're clearly going going pretty well at the moment regardless of who they who they put in any position um, so it's no it's there's no real issues with oh we you know we're missing Tohu Harris um, in the second row or in or at mm. center well that's the question so, do they even need to you know throw it to you Pete do Melbourne even need to play him at this point, the way they've been going. Absolutely not. Um, I, you know, I've been saying that, you know, the, whether we like it or not, Melbourne are the best team in the comp by far. I think um, they've just got quality across the park. And you, if you weren't told, you wouldn't even 
you wouldn't even notice if Harris wasn't there, you know. And I know he's been a great player for them and good, great super coach wise previously as well. But, but at the moment, you know, I don't think they need him. Um, I think when the big games are on and maybe if he's injury free, I think they'd probably find a spot for him somewhere on the bench. But that's that's as close as they're going to get, and I don't think you're going to get too many minutes out of him. So. I think he's um, he's stay away from him for the rest of the year, really. Pat asks, best, best options to replace SJ? I can bring in anyone, but I would have to move Dylan Walker into 5'8", with Cody Walker. Two trades left, but we use them. Slater or Jake Trevorovich? <sighs> Andrew, this is, this is a little bit tough because we've had issues in the half and 5'8 roles. Milford's got the great matchup this round. Um, I'm not sure if the Dylan Walker-Cody Walker combo at 5 is where you want to be for your Supercoach finals. No, and, and you know, you, you want, you know, Dylan Walker's not kicking goals anymore. So rough couple of weeks, um, obviously with Manly not playing too well. And, yeah, Cody Walker, he seems to be South's only real attacking option, you know, in in the opposition twenty. So but again he doesn't he doesn't kick goals. Yeah. I, I, I was, he was I, very I like... uh, non existent. I mean he scored a great individual try um against the Raiders and still only scored thirty seven super catch points. It would have been a disaster yeah. without that try. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's he looks good, um he was good for the by coverage, but yeah he wasn't ever I mean, he wasn't ever really a, a decent option in the um, in the halves, not with you know other other options around. So yeah, again, a tricky one. I, I do like Dylan Walker in five eight if you if you're desperate and if you you know trying to get Slater or or Jakey Trevojevic in. But again, I I just don't think that he's he's probably the right option. Uh, either of them are the right option, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm still holding out for Sean Johnson to make a miraculous comeback at this point over Cody Walker. I just think Cody Walker's not going to be in your 17 at all. So you may as well just hope Johnson returns at this point. That's my personal opinion. I know you guys, are, we've had talks about that in the last couple of rounds that you disagree, but I got rid of Cody Walker because he's, his lows are just too low. Um, and for mine, if you can afford to bring in a guy like Anthony Milford for Cody Walker then I think he's your out-and-out 5'8", and if Sean Johnson comes back in a couple of rounds, it's a bonus. Finally, Ebenezer Rascals asks, can you guys run through the final structure, who versus who, so we can build a team to suit, and I know who to troll in the lead-up? Andrew, you're in the top three, so I guess we could say you're one to look out for. Well, I'm looking at the table right now, so as it stands, the top four is top chain of dragons, Dire Dragons, myself, and then Ebenezer. So that's the top four. Um, we're all, oh, sorry, uh, top ten is on 28, so he's, he's um, got the minor he's premiership wrapped up. Yeah. And then, so to round out the top eight, will be clear to drawings with Mitchell on five, uh, yourself, Paul, Navajo Ghost in six, Fungineers uh, is seventh, and then Black Third Christian is eighth with Bar- Barbarians, that's Shiloh. Look at that. Look at the amount of people on 18. You've got Black Third, Barbarians, Mustangs, Pool of Death, Under the Radar, and Kings, Kingy Pub Crawlers all on the same points. Any one of those guys could sneak into the top eight. 
would sneak in, yeah. So, I mean, so I think, Ebenezer, you, you're going to have, um, it, as it stands, you'll have the uh, top of the table. So good luck with that. Uh, uh, top Chain of Dragons does, is no easy beat, mate. So good luck with that. At least you'll get a second round. I think I'm, I, I think I'm out of that scenario. I'm, I'm, I'm sudden death uh, from next week. I think I can afford to lose this one. Um, just based on my points difference, more so than anything, but that's it. <laughs> you and you and uh, Steve have got a got a shot at a second chance. Yes, yeah. Looking forward to yeah the, the finals. It should be fun. And all we'll say, Ryan, about your your team is that to be fair, you know, down near the bottom, but in our regular league, which is competitive enough as it is, you're going to make the top eight. And that shows how good the Supercoach Pros Cup is. Yeah, they've been going good, and I've lost so many games by thirty points or less. It's been one of those one of those things. Uh, you know, you know. Sometimes you you win the close ones, and that means you're up the top. Sometimes you don't, and that's why you're where I am. <laughs> head to head is a, a different beast. Cracknado, we talked about him last week. His overall ranks one thousand one hundred and seventy eight. He's coming fifteenth in our league. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is dead set. So unlucky. So unlucky. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. There's no words to describe that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, very much. Pete, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Ryan, thank you very much. No worries at all. And Andrew, thank you. Um, good luck to all the teams. I think none of us play each other this round, so maybe we could all be happy campers uh, on Monday. Yeah, it's... Um, Looking forward to another good round. That is that is it for the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. I am Paul Grzadka, Paulie G. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Supercoach Pros. And buy that app if you haven't already. Trust us, buy the app there. Follow the links, www.supercoachpros.com. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>